Hello, and welcome to the Cosmic Cauldron with host Jamie and Charlotte, where we discuss spirituality, paganism, witchcraft, holistic lifestyles, and everything in between. So gather around the cauldron every Wednesday, where we brew up a new topic. Welcome back to the Cosmic Cauldron. On this week's episode, we're going to be getting into boundaries. And not just in the spiritual aspect, we're going to be getting down to average everyday boundaries that you need to have in place. And a little later in the episode, we'll be tying that back into spirituality. So let's go. Hi, yes, and welcome back. Uh, boundaries is something that is very near and dear to my heart because it's actually something I've been focusing on almost exclusively with my personal work and shadow work for the last 18 months to two years. Uh, every year, I'm trying gonna I'm gonna try and reduce the amount of ums this episode, so bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> every year around the new year, I try to pick um, a word or two. There, I did it again. I try to pick a word or two or maybe even a phrase for the year, just kind of an intention, something to focus on that feels relevant or near and dear to my heart at the time. So last year, 2021, was boundaries. And let me tell you, when you put that little order out into the universe that that's something you're going to be working on, the universe gives you plenty to work on. (laughs) Yeah, there will be tests. Um, a pop quiz, if you will. The <laughs> yeah, the universe is going to prepare you for sure. Yeah. So while I'm very grateful, it has been very tough, and I've had to assert myself in ways that I never really have before that aren't necessarily comfortable for me, but are a necessary part of my growth and maturity. You know, as a human being and as a professional. So, without further ado. Let's get into what boundaries really are in case any of you have any questions about that. We're going to cover that briefly. So what are boundaries? Um, And when we're talking boundaries in this episode, we don't mean like physical boundaries like a fence (laughs) or a wall, obviously. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So boundaries in, in this regard are something that help us to feel more comfortable and to, to feel more at home in our own skin in our lives. Um, and they can be used in a number of different ways. But setting boundaries is as simple as just communicating your needs to other people. But for whatever reason, sometimes that gets really difficult to do and can get really clouded, um, especially if you deal with, you know, a lack of self-confidence or a lack of self-worth, you can end up being sort of a doormat and and agreeing to a lot of things and finding yourselves in a lot of situations that you really would rather not be in. But if you don't set necessary boundaries, you can't expect them to be followed. So, you know, a lot of times people get very upset, you know, (laughs) with other people when they are subjected to different things, when in all reality, you've had the power all along to to lay down these boundaries it just takes stepping up to the plate and owning who you really are and your own well-being to to assert yourself in that way and not everyone is going to respect them unfortunately you know and it does take a lot of courage and strength to set these boundaries but when you do you can feel comfortable knowing that your lines are are in the sand 
you know, you know where you stand. And if anyone steps over that, then, you know, you also have the right to say something. Yes, absolutely. Boundaries are one of those things that are very important just for your general well-being. You know, there there are times when you can get caught up and it's it's people pleasing, which I didn't quite. For me personally, I was blissfully unaware that I had any issues with boundaries until I would kind of immerse myself with people who drained me. And then wonder why, why was I absorbing and taking all, you know, this energy on? Now, there are a few different ways. Your boundaries can be tested or compromised in sort of the mundane world, but there's also, you know, spiritual boundaries as well, which we'll cover a little later in this episode. But, you know, in these situations that I was finding myself in when I was drained, it Yeah. I mean, it definitely had to do with me sort of absorbing that energy, but it also had to do with me not feeling like I had the capacity to say no or to say that, you know, this interaction really isn't jiving. You know, I'm not I'm not leaving this interaction, you know, refreshed. I am freaking drained just by speaking to, you know, these individuals or this individual, whatever the case may be. No specifics here. But (laughs) but. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you just you get better with practice too. The the more that yeah, 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 the more that you do it, the more comfortable and the more confident you get in just sort of stating like, you know, these are my boundaries, you know, this is my line in the sand. I am not willing to accept that. And you know, just sort of being aware. Uh, the way a situation or a person or, you know, some sort of instance makes you feel and, you know, being at peace with saying, this isn't okay with me. Yeah. And I think it's important to recognize as well that boundaries, having boundaries is very different than just like ghosting people. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yes. There is a difference. (laughs) Because um, some would argue, um, and and I've seen people try to assert themselves in this way, that by just excusing themselves from a situation or a person or whatever is setting boundaries. But that is not, in my opinion, um, and some may disagree with me, the mature, responsible way to handle someone violating your boundaries. I think the, the whole point is to assert yourself. And to view your own self-worth and value high enough to actually verbalize, whether it be through word or through text, you know, whatever, how it is that you truly feel. Would you agree? Um, you know, for me in this case scenario, so while I always advocate for saying your piece, you know, this is something this is why I didn't know that I struggled with boundaries is because I am pretty gung ho on stating my piece, you know, stating how I feel about a situation, how I view it. Like I always try to keep people in the loop, but, but I have no qualms with ghosting. If I have repeatedly, if I have repeatedly, you know, put it out there, um, you know, these are my boundaries or this is what I expect, or this is, you know, where we're, we're not lining up. We're not jiving here. Um, I have no problems just dropping 
that that relationship that doesn't bother me um well and i think it's important to note that as long as you have already stated your boundaries and they are repeatedly violated, then yes, by all means, you should probably remove yourself from the situation. I guess what I meant was just doing that from the get-go, you know? Ah, avoidance. That's that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Avoidance, avoidance is the way to go. Yeah. 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 Because I've had a tendency to do that in the past because I don't really like conflict. You know, I really don't like arguing and I haven't had a whole lot of opportunities in my life that I really needed to assert myself um, in some pretty serious ways until most recently. And so it's something that's come with age for me. Now there, you know, that's just my unique experience. I'm sure there's plenty of people who have had to do this, you know, (laughs) their whole lives. Um, But I have had a tendency to just, oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. I'm just going to not ever speak to them again. Or I'm just never going to go in that (laughs) store again. (laughs) Or, oh, man, I'm not friends with them anymore. And I know they shop over here. So I'm going to go across town now instead. You know, like things like that. (laughs) um, Which are not being assertive in the slightest. No, no. Um, Yeah, and uh, it really depends on also with the, the ghosting portion, like the, the capacity, you know, that they are, you know, present in my life. Like if it's just, you know, <laughs> like some, some random Joe Blow over there and we don't really have, you know, a good rapport, I, I'll probably not shop at that store. You know, <laughs> I may take yeah. that route. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's a spectrum, right? I mean, you can't say it's nothing is ever black and white. There's definitely a spectrum. Um, But I think my point is that I would love to see more people assert themselves rather than just avoiding things (laughs) because they couldn't stand up for themselves and hold their ground. Well, when you're avoiding issues, you're really just compounding the issues because you'll press them down. You'll press them out press them down in until they build up, you know, and it's the only way to sort of release yourself from patterns. All people have patterns there. There's, you know, whatever those may be, you know, they present themselves different from every individual, but, you know, especially when you're getting into these patterns that don't, you know, really benefit you or, you, or you're not going um, to meet your goals or, or just live a lifestyle that you're comfortable with. Um, Jesus, I lost my entire train of thought. What was I saying? Oh, patterns. <laughs> um, you know, you We're you really best. <laughs> yeah, trying. <laughs> uh, you you really you really want to you know at least acknowledge your patterns and and the way that you do this is not only being assertive with other people. I think the first step is being assertive with ourselves, sort of calling ourselves on our own bullshit, so where we can get to that step. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it's important to notate the difference between being assertive and being aggressive because setting yes. setting boundaries for yourself or someone that you care about, it's not about, you know, yelling, screaming, being ugly, being mean. It's, it's about having respect for yourself enough to yes. not take some crap that you don't want to take. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I I love what you said right there. There is a difference between being assertive and being aggressive. There there really is. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that that was said because um, 
this whole episode is about healthy <laughs> boundaries and about and about growth, a focus on on growth, right? So we don't want to take you to a darker place of of thinking that you can, you know, just fuss at people. <laughs> it's not about fussing. Um, there has to be a little bit more intention going into it, and and so boundaries really are just determining things that are happening in your life that maybe make you uncomfortable. And this can happen in a variety of different situations, which we're going to go over in just a minute. Um, but, you know, you can you can set boundaries verbally, you know, face to face with someone, you know, you can set boundaries via an email or a note, it just depends on, you know, your level of comfort with it. Um, but there's there's many different scenarios where this could come up. And let's start with physical boundaries. For example, physical boundaries are to protect your space and your body and your right not to be touched, to have privacy and to meet other physical needs, um, you know, maybe like resting or eating or whatever it is. Um, you are your own person and you get to decide on these things and no one can tell you otherwise as long as they're healthy. <laughs> There's always a caveat. There's always a light and dark here, right? Um, but if everything's going well, you know, for you, then in telling others how close they can be to you, you know, what kind of physical touch you don't like or you do like, how much privacy that you think you need, um, or what kind of behavior you expect out of people, you know, in your presence is is all examples of physical boundaries. It, it establishes and clearly defines that your body and your personal space belong to you and yes. people are in that <laughs> they need to respect that. Absolutely. That is, that would be one that I have probably struggled with in, in my own personal life. Um, Cause I'm not a big, I'm not a big feely touchy person. So some examples of physical boundaries or are, like when someone sits like really uncomfortably close to you <laughs> and say like, you know, there's this unspoken like social cue thing that happens. Like when someone gets in your bubble and you kind of step away and then maybe they step a little closer then and you're, and you're just like, really? Like I gave you all the nonverbal cues just now. Like, please don't make me say something. But <laughs> in some yes. cases you may need to. And I've actually come across this recently with someone that I know that just repeatedly seems to use this as a tactic of like intimidation or control. And it's incredibly frustrating and really awkward. And I've seen them do it with other people too. It's not just women, it's, it's men or women, it doesn't matter. But it's like they step so close to you, like uncomfortably close. And, you know, as witches, as spiritual people, we pick up on things, okay, a lot more easily maybe than people who aren't so self-aware. And so it's like, don't try to fool me. You know, I can feel what you're doing and I don't yeah, like it. Yeah. And um, so it's gotten to the point now where I actually was discussing this with Greg the other day. If it happens again, I'm going to say something <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, yeah. it's not going to be comfortable for the other person because I know they're going to deny it. Um, but that's just a good example of, of it. You know, it, it was happening. It can happen anywhere. Uh, but you have a right to say, please stay out of my bubble. You know, you're making me uncomfortable. Yes, absolutely. That actually reminded me of a, an old boss I had who was freaking atrocious, which I have spoke at least a couple of times because, man, this this 
this was a traumatic experience in my life, but they would literally hover over me like to, to the point of asserting dominance and it never, never really worked real well. I understood it for what it was. And as you said a minute ago about being spiritual people, uh, we're more aware and we're more sensitive to energies. So having healthy boundaries, you know, in a spiritual sense and in a practical mundane sense is very important to our overall well-being here. It you know, actually is. Yeah. yeah, it really is. You know, setting boundaries is just sort of this way to sort of call your power back to you. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's even situations where I've been, you know, in a space with someone, whether it's working or leisure or whatever. And repeatedly, you know, you, you leave that space with them feeling completely drained as well. You know, so even going as far as to say in your mind, like, I don't even want to spend any time around this person anymore. You know, you're obviously an energy vampire and, and we do have a duty you know, as spiritual people, you know, when you gain this kind of awareness, this personal awareness and the spiritual awareness, you can't ignore it. <laughs> you can't go back from that. There's a, there's a responsibility to that, to maintain your own energy in such a way and to not avoid, but manage <laughs> anything that challenges that. So another physical boundary that comes into play a lot more nowadays than it ever did before since the pandemic is shaking hands or like greeting people. You know, there's a lot of people that don't want to touch hands anymore still, or even really get yeah. close to you. Um, so that's something to keep in mind as well. I've, I've come across that a lot. You know, uh, many of you may not know, but I'm also a real estate agent by day. <laughs> so I shake a lot of hands. I see a lot of people and there's some people that still want to like fist bump or elbow bump, you know, and just being mindful of that, not even just of your own personal boundaries, but other people's boundaries as well, I think is very important. Yes, absolutely. You can pick up on uh, social cues relatively easily, you know, when it comes to uh, what the level of comfort is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we have like mental and emotional boundaries. And this one is a very deep subject that, you know, we could use the whole episode really to get into, but just to cover a, a few things, you know, emotional and mental boundaries really protect your right to have your own feelings and thoughts and to not have those feelings and thoughts criticized or invalidated and not to have to take care of other people's feelings. So it's, it's taking, ownership and responsibility of yourself and saying, this is where I stand outside of however it is that you may feel about it. Yeah. I think there is um, actually an important thing to note, like, uh, you know, particularly with what you're saying, you can observe somebody else's feelings without absorbing them. Yeah. Emotional boundaries allow us to create an emotional safety, like an environment of emotional safety by respecting each other's feelings and not oversharing maybe personal information that's inappropriate, like for the nature or level of closeness that you have with someone. And just, and just, again, just taking ownership and responsibility for yourself, which, you know, there's a lot of emotional intelligence, you know, and emotional IQ 
that comes into this, you know, an, an emotional maturity, mental maturity that has to come into play. So there's a lot of work that has to be done before you can really get to this point. Because, I mean, if you think back to how many times your emotional or, or mental, you know, boundaries have been crossed throughout your life, you know, it's probably next to spiritual boundaries, probably one of the most violated ones of all of these categories that we're going to talk about. Some of the ways that you can assert yourself um, in this way is, is by letting people know that you don't feel comfortable talking about something. And this can happen in your personal life, you know, your a romantic way. It can happen in the workplace um, in, in a variety of different ways, whether it be gossip or something just too personal. But being able to tell people no, because you'll feel it strongly in your whole being you know, when you don't want to talk about something or you don't want to share about something. And there are some master manipulators out there, you know, that are great at their craft that will get you to overshare and do things. And sometimes, unfortunately, they use that information against you, you know, so being able to say, no, I really don't want to go there is perfectly acceptable. Yes, there are methods that people use to get you to keep talking, um, to share information that they could use against you for sure. So being able to just sort of stand your ground and say, no, this isn't something I'm comfortable talking about. It it puts the power back into your hands because I've had people do that. I've had people use these tactics on me. My least favorite is like, when, when somebody will be quiet in hopes that I'm just going to keep oversharing. I'm like, mm, mm. no, thank you. I'm, mm-hmm. uh-uh. <laughs> this is not information for you. So it, you know, it can, it doesn't even have to be rude. It's just, I'm not comfortable sharing. Let's talk about something else or excuse yourself. It doesn't, you know. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because it doesn't have to be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be ugly the way you put it, you know. I think a lot of people are afraid of upsetting someone, pissing someone off, especially if it's someone that's like a superior, like a boss or an elder. You may feel like this obligation to consent to just whatever because you might lose your job or you might lose respect or or whatever. But did you really need that position or their respect in the first place if they can't respect your boundaries? Yeah, exactly. That That's something that's important to mention, too, because a lot of the times you'll get into these power struggles, you know, particularly when it's, uh, say, a family member or a boss or somebody that, you know, at least in terms of hierarchy, you feel, you know, is above you in, in whatever capacity. Um, it's OK to take back the reins on that. You don't you don't owe them that you are able to set your own boundaries and to make your own rules and live a life that, you know, is authentic to you. You do not, just because they are in these positions that, you know, are perceived to be of some authority, respect is earned in my opinion. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. So if they're not, you know, respecting you, and again, you do not have to be aggressive about it. You can just be assertive just draw your line in the sand. Just put your foot down. You know, you can simply say, you know, no, no works too. I think that's a very simple one that that often gets overlooked. No is probably my favorite boundary. (laughs) Yeah, it's very simple. And sometimes that's literally all you need. It's just to say no, and that's it. It doesn't need any more explanation than that. Um, I have found myself a lot lately saying, 
that I don't need to explain myself, <laughs> you know? Yes. And, and I think growing up in the way that we have in this country, we do always feel like we have to explain ourselves with everything. And I have been working on not doing that. And I'm going to tell you, it is very freeing to just it say really no. Is. You know, and not and have give that be it. a reason. And and it's actually quite a bit more professional. So, I mean, not everyone is in a professional career or whatever. But even when you're dealing, like, even just with the, the podcast here, dealing with people online, you know, um, you know, or say, okay, just let me put this as an example. Like, say I'm running late for, like, a showing, you know, and I'm like, hey, I'm running about 10 minutes late. You know, my natural inclination has always been to because blah, 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 blah. Like, I feel like they like I need to somehow back up my reasoning, you know, so yeah, they know yeah. like they're just not going to believe me. But I think that, again, comes back to that self-worth and self-value. Right. I don't need them to. Let me rephrase that. You don't need their approval. Yeah, I don't need their approval. <laughs> and so I've been working on just, you know, very short and concise responses to things on a professional level. And it has really made a big difference, honestly. And I think it's, it is just much more professional, um, especially like some of these like Facebook groups I'm in uh, for the different like gigs and things that I do. Right. People like to like post screenshots of their messages with people. And they're like, how would you guys have responded to this? And it's like, it's like they're arguing back and forth with people and they're sharing too much and it gets too personal. And I just like, like face palm, right? Like, Oh my gosh, you know, you, you just did not establish yourself as a professional or an expert in your field (laughs) at all. You know, you lost so much respect, like all the respect, you know? So Anyways, that was a tangent, but, uh, yeah, establishing these, these healthy boundaries is something that takes time. You know, you really have to get to the point where you understand that you deserve to be respected emotionally and mentally. And a lot of people aren't there yet. So there are some prerequisites to this, but, you know, so some other examples of how this can come up is like respect for personally trigger the respect for personally triggering topics. That was a tongue twister. (laughs) Like, for example, in some of these groups that we're in, sometimes when they're going to be talking about certain subjects that are a little traumatic or whatever, they'll put like a little notice at the top, like this post might be triggering, you know, use your caution or whatever. And I feel like that's really respectful. I do. I love that. That's sort of a semi-recent development as far Mm -hmm. as like the online sphere goes. And I I think it's great. I have not learned my, I don't, I don't post a lot, so I don't really need that uh, as much, but I, I really enjoy that people are including this because it is respectful. You know, there's been times where I've read some things and they're so heavy. I'm like, okay, now I gotta, Mm -hmm. now I gotta work through this. So I appreciate I appreciate being able to make that decision up front. You know, do I really? Yeah, I think I might read it, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Like the same reason I don't watch horror movies anymore. (laughs) I can't. I can't. And I loved them as a kid, but. mm -mm, mm -mm, Yeah, I did too. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, well, I wouldn't go as far as to say I loved them, but I could easily watch them. Now it's like. I'm in a ball in the corner of the sofa sobbing and hiding my face. And I'm like, oh, it's too much. <laughs> it's so I, scary. 
<laughs> I, I for me I think it's just too overstimulating. Like I mm. I I love the true crime channel and I think I've gotten to the point where I realize it's not actually like the the situations themselves because yeah, murder is bad, murder is bad. Um no argument there, but a lot of the times like the narrator's voice is just so soothing to me. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm just going to wrap <laughs> up in this blanket. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I love me a good documentary for that reason. Yes. I still fall asleep to Unsolved Mysteries because Robert Stack is amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's like <laughs> the voice of our childhood. Yes. <laughs> Nostalgia yeah. times a thousand. <laughs> I'll, I'll, if I am struggling going to bed, I'm turning that on. Oh, I yes, love Robert, I missed you. Thank you for sharing that. You might have just helped many other women and men across the world go to sleep now <laughs> to the soothing voice of Unsolved Mysteries. It was like, it was programmed because it came on, you know, I actually don't know when it came on, but I imagine sometime between like eight and midnight, there would be episodes playing when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that memory is just locked and loaded in there. So, yeah. <laughs> So another few extreme examples of the need to assert yourself for emotional and mental boundaries is um, gaslighting and manipulation. Yeah, this is happening. I think, honestly, I feel like this sort of narcissistic behavior has been happening since the beginning of time, but it's (laughs) become more prominent in conversations now and it's become a lot more recognizable because of all of the conversation around it and and I love that because there's so many people now who are finally seeing the truth of the situations that they're in and so like I said this section right here we could do a whole episode about and honestly I would love to do an episode on emotional intelligence because I feel like that comes into play first before you can assert these boundaries I think that would be pretty cool and I I actually did I did a whole course last year, almost a year ago in my coaching business on emotional intelligence. So maybe that's something we can look into, but being able to recognize when someone is gaslighting you or manipulating you or trying to assert unnecessary power and dominance over you is dire. I mean, I would even say dire. And I feel like this has been a constant theme in my life. And I know you've dealt with it a lot too. And we're we're both very strong women. And I think a lot of the people who listen to this podcast are probably going to be a little bit like us in that way because you attract what you are, right? Yes. And so yes. it was it was difficult to accept that, you know, I could be going through anything like that because I had to admit to myself that I would have allowed it in some way. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a tough one. <laughs> it really is. It really is a hard pill to swallow because, you know, I've, I've had it, you know, maybe not so much as far as gaslighting, but I've had these situations where, where, you know, I would have to identify that, you know, either that I would have to identify that, you know, I allowed a behavior to continue or, you know, to persist and, either one, I wasn't aware of it or two, I was. And for whatever reason, 
I was unable to stop it, you know? <laughs> so it's really hard to, to grasp, you know? And for me, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about um, labeling myself a victim in a certain circumstance in my life. And it's really hard to come to terms with, you know, a, a label like that when you wouldn't think, you don't see yourself that way. You know, that that's, that's kind of what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say here. Yeah. And, and so I, I think that now, especially women, I feel like deal with this probably a little bit more than men, but men definitely still do. But we are in this time in our lives and culture and American history, (laughs) the world, whatever, where women are really starting to empower themselves a lot more than ever. And, oh man, this is, you know, don't, I'm going to try not to go off on a tangent too much, but the ability to communicate so often and frequently and in the convenient ways that we do has really helped. I think women come together in ways that they haven't ever been able to ever because women, historically speaking, have been suppressed. You know, male power has tried to be dominant and I'm talking about the toxic masculinity here, not the amazing masculinity that we both love so much. (laughs) Yes. No, we are, we are not man haters here by any means at no all. Way. No <laughs> way. But you can't ignore, I mean, if you just look at the Salem witch trials and the witch trials in Europe, you know, powerful women, empowered women have been suppressed because that, that power that we possess is just, it's, it creates life. It creates life and not just physical life, but we are creators and it cannot be controlled. So anyways, again, without going off in a tangent, the way that we're able to communicate now, I think we've all been able to come together in a way that is empowering each other. And because of, of the communication factor, you know, we're able to talk and say, wait, you're going through what, you know, like, wait, you're going through that also, you know, and so we're able to share experiences in ways that we weren't before the internet, you know, and before cell phones. I know. Can you believe we're older than Google? (sighs) (laughs) yeah oh i remember Uh, when i read that i thought my goodness that's that's an interesting fact (laughs) that's 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 fantastic (sighs) thank you for sharing (laughs) yeah thank you thank you thank you yeah no the the internet at large uh, it has just sort of facilitated this ability to communicate with people in, in ways that we haven't been able to before. And, you know, just it's allowed us to share our experiences and realize that, you know, they're more commonplace than we might have imagined. And it's really done wonders in these past few years. And I am freaking here for it. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it, it just, this happens on such a grand scale. I think it's, it's, We all have a tendency sometimes to want to control things. You know, it's human nature to want to feel like you're in control because being out of control is, is being vulnerable. It's, you know, living in faith, you know, in that, that magical place where the universe can, can grace you with so many blessings, but it it can also be sort of scary. So anyways, you know, just be courteous of, of people's triggers, you know, set boundaries with yourself when someone's not treating you right. When you feel drained, when you're around someone, you know, if you feel like you're in a situation where your voice is not being heard, your voice is not being respected, then 
then by all means, please assert yourself. Then there's the sexual boundaries. <laughs> and this one is a very touchy but serious subject that we're going to be sort of careful with. But sexual boundaries protect your right to consent, to ask for what you like sexually, and to be honest with your partner about your history and for them to be honest with you about their history and that sort of thing. So, you know, to be able to define, you know, what you do and don't like or do and don't want, you know, um, how often, when, where, uh, these are things that sometimes people are so uncomfortable sharing about. I know <laughs> I haven't always been comfortable talking about sex because of the way I was raised. It's taken me a lot of breaking down, uh, you know, thought patterns and, and belief patterns to get to the point where I could feel anywhere near comfortable talking about sex, to be honest. But it's extremely It is important. one of those. Yeah, it's one of those topics that it can be can be a little harder to discuss. I, I think maybe this 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 more recent generation kind of seems even more liberated than, than our generation was, which, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> growing up, I thought, I thought we were, but, you know, seeing everything coming about, you know, through the, the lens of my, my teenagers. Um, oh my it's, goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's been a, a pretty unique experience. Um, but as far as, it, it can be uncomfortable. It can be awkward to sort of have these discussions. Even now, I think I feel I'm probably the most comfortable in myself and asserting myself in, you know, in this particular arena at the age I am now, you know, there, a, a younger me wouldn't have, have felt comfortable discussing, you know, what I like, what I don't like and what I, mm, and what's okay with me basically. So <laughs> I can, I can level with you on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, it, it does seem like when we were younger, we were very liberated in that way, you know, especially compared to the nineties, you know, we're two thousands teenagers, at least, you know, we're nineties babies, but two thousands teenagers and the nineties were, it was weird. We went from like the crazy eighties to the more modest nineties, you know, everything got a little bit more conservative. And then the 2000s happened and it was like, whoa, mini skirts, baby gap tees, you know, <laughs> uh, low rise jeans, you know, uh, what happened? And so I think in that regard, because of the music and the style, we felt like we were. But yeah, these, I mean, you have a teenage girl, I have a teenage girl, and I am just blown away at the things that I've already overheard them talking about and have learned that they're talking about. And I try yeah, to remind myself, yeah. I feel like my mom, like my parents, when I'm just like, man, it's a different time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I think that that's, you know, you sort of hand down the baton every generation. <laughs> like it's our turn now to be like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Freaking lootly. But in that same regard, because it's so much more openly spoken about and participated in, um, the discussion around it needs to be that much more open as well. So it's always been important to assert yourself in this way, um, to, to avoid being in situations that you don't want to be in, you know, uh, <laughs> of all kinds. 
Um, but as two moms who have teenage daughters, you know, this is very personal for us. But so some examples, you know, or things are, again, are just saying, you know, I like this and I don't like this and, and that being respected, you know, or, or saying that, you know, I don't put out on the first date, you know, and having someone actually respect that. And if they don't, then bye, there's the door. Yes. Yes. You know, stating that up front does sort of give you that, that, uh, a leverage to no, uh, clearly, clearly this is not a match for me if they don't respect me enough to listen to me. So, mm-hmm. or asking about, you know, STDs and the sexual history, you know, of someone I, I know, for me, it seems like super awkward, especially like if you're in the moment and you haven't planned ahead. And so really, when is the right time to ask this question? I really can't tell you that. <laughs> Before you know you're going to their place or vice yeah. versa. <laughs> you know, just, hey, you know, I'm clean or, you know, I'm here. I don't know. I'm not a sex expert by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but you don't want to find yourself in a situation where now you've got something that God forbid you have to deal with for your lifetime. You know, there, did you hear about, um, I can't remember where I read it. There was someone who actually, I think got prison time for giving someone HIV without telling them. Good. Yeah. So something that should be disclosed. Yeah, exactly. These (laughs) are the sort of things we're talking about that, you know, that I hope it's not, but that could be you. That could be me. Well, it's not now because I'm getting married, but, (laughs) and you're married (laughs) and we've already established that, but (laughs) Don't don't think I have, I don't think I have that. So, (laughs) (laughs) and, and on the flip side of that, there's still so many women who feel like they have to put out to get what they want, you know, or to make someone happy. And that obviously is a very touchy subject and something that you really have to come to terms with on a personal level. But go ahead. Also, I just want to say that there is absolutely no slut shaming here. So if you are comfortable doing it, (laughs) if you are comfortable doing it, you go ahead and do it, girl. We support you. But but if you're doing it from a a place where you feel you're obligated to, that's where this comes into play. Yes, exactly. Thank you for saying that. I'm not really sure. Full slut support here, so. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it just, this comes into play, say when someone is using it as a form of control, you know, um, in a relationship or, you know, not a relationship, whatever it may be. I mean, you can find this, excuse me, you can find this in romantic relationships. You can find this in even friendships sometimes, you know, when someone feels like they have to do it, you can even find this in the workplace. When someone's telling you you're going to lose your job or you're going to be demoted, you know, and it's, it's important for, for those of you who have gone through things like this or potentially could to speak up and assert yourself because when you don't, and I was just talking to my daughter about boundaries like this yesterday, not sexual boundaries, but boundaries with her friends. When you don't assert yourself, then asserting yourself now could potentially keep someone else out of harm's way or out of an uncomfortable situation that you've been in. When we don't speak up and we don't put our foot down and we don't assert ourselves, that allows room for other people to come after us to also be abused, honestly, because that's what it is in that way. 
Yeah, it, it really, you know, that that's one of the situations where you're you're leading by example because say you're comfortable setting boundaries. Well, that other person within earshot, maybe they weren't. Maybe you just taught them something new, you know. It's, you know, particularly in the ages that our, our daughters are in, um, it, it's always good to teach them to be able to, you know, stand their ground and stand up for themselves and, you know, just really abide by, you know, their own level of comfort. But, you know, them doing it, like I said, you know, it's just leading by example. So there's other people who may have not felt as comfortable expressing themselves in that way. You may have really helped them in, in ways that you wouldn't and aren't aware of. So, yeah. Yeah. I think just as a human being alone, but especially as a woman, we have that responsibility, right. To look out for each other in that way. And, uh, so yeah. And that's, that's really all I have to say about that without getting too, <laughs> too, uh, dark or seedy. <laughs> yes. But, but still, still. Also, I just want to put a footnote in here that I have zero negative connotations with the word slut. Um, in fact, I, I, in recent years, I've sort of taken it back um, in its power and its meaning. And to me, it's when I am using it, I just mean a woman who does whatever the fuck she wants, you know, so point blank. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> just wanted yeah. to put that out there. Yeah. I mean, even some of the, the Magdalene work that I've done talks about the sacred slut, you know, and yes. just that, yes. that empowered female energy that comes with that. So yeah. Taking ownership back of that word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm all for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not one for suppression. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No way, Jose. And we've already covered a couple of examples of setting boundaries in the workplace. But I just wanted to mention that, you know, setting boundaries in your workspace, whether you're working from home or you're working in an office, whatever the circumstance may be, is respecting your needs and your right to work in a drama-free and efficient workspace. Yes, yes. <laughs> because oftentimes people can find themselves in the throes of someone's life story or someone else's boss drama or even being shunned for keeping to themselves. Say you've already maybe set some boundaries and now everyone's like, oh my gosh, you know, Linda over there doesn't come out of her office and participate in the, you know, water cooler drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish that that would have been the most of my worries in, in my, my previous horror story of a work environment in, in which they crossed every one of these boundaries, you know, that we have been discussing in this episode. Every single one of them was crossed. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how these people are still in business. Uh, sexual, uh, authoritative, getting into your business, literally no boundaries whatsoever. And I talk about this most often because out of all my trauma, this is the easiest one to talk about. So, so yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's a, a little easier to, to go into this one specific one. It, it is a little crazy for me to reconcile that I spent so much time in the, an environment that was, 
that fucking crazy. So <laughs> it was. I remember when you told me like the full scope of everything, I was just flabbergasted at what you'd had to put up with. And, you know, this is years ago now, but I remember being so proud of you when you finally was let, you know, you'd set the boundaries and you said, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Yes. Yes. That took me forever. Um, Cause I, I had been a single mom for years. So paying the bills, you know, when you get into these, these situations of hierarchies, you know, it's, if I quit my job right now, because this lady and this dude are, are disrespecting me, um, then what do I do? How do I put food on the table? How do I keep my lights on? So you get into these tricky situations. So I do understand, um, how it can be very difficult. And I do also understand that, you know, saying just quit your job is, is from a place of privilege. I didn't have that fucking privilege then. So <laughs> I do, we do understand that, but do, do keep in mind that there are boundaries that you can set. And if you need to continue on at this place or, or interacting with these people, you can continue to do so while respecting your own boundaries. There is a way to compromise. Um, but also look for another job for reals. But yeah. And I mean, at the risk of sounding completely woo woo right now, you know, when, when you decide to stand up for yourself and you decide to own who you are in your sovereignty in that way, the universe responds by giving you something better. It just sometimes yes. takes a long time to wrap your head around that and to really step out in faith in that way. And, and that's exactly what happened for you you know, you found something better. And now look at, you know, now look at us, <laughs> Yay. you know, like this would not have been possible because, yeah. you know, your mindset was so screwed up from everything that you had to deal with. Um, oh, even when I didn't immediately transfer into, you know, this, this lane and this course of life that I'm in right now, because I went into another office job, and, which was fantastic. The best company I've ever worked for. Was it what I wanted to do ultimately? No. But then I took that trauma to the next place. Every time somebody <laughs> stood over me, I'm like twitching. Wait, 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 oh, get away. <laughs> man. That's, oh, that sucks, you know, and that's, that's why shadow work is important because we have to work through yes. those, those very like nervous system, cellular implant yeah. things that, that happen, you know, that it was automatic. Work. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it really does. You really do have to uh, pay attention to your emotional responses and, you know, sort of, you know, like we mentioned on our shadow work, you know, discover that trigger. And, and then you can sort of work back from there and just really, you know, shine a light on it until, until you find a, a way to make peace with it, really. Yeah. Yeah. So being a team player is, is one thing, but being like a workplace gossiper is a, is a complete other ball game. And so you go to work to work, you are there to do a job, to make your money, and then you go home. So for anyone else to make you feel like you have to participate in anything other than tasks that get your job done is false. So, you know, like, for example, like leaving your office door closed and asking people to knock instead of people just coming right in or leaving your door open and having people go in and out all day. I've had friends that work like that in an office with a door and they're like, now I have a sign on my door that says, please knock. You know, because I'm busy trying to work and I don't have time for you to keep coming in <laughs> again and again and again. Yeah. You know? 
Uh, if quarantine taught us anything, it's that, you know, <laughs> some of these meetings and uh, some of these um, interruptions in our normal workday are not 100% necessary. Now, I'm not saying don't chat and hang out with your coworkers, because I do think that is, depending on what type of work you do, is a, a pretty important part of your overall happiness. But yeah, but, absolutely. Uh the social aspect to it is is necessary to a point to keep the morale high, you know, to be friendly with who you're working for is important. But there's a line there. There's a boundary there <laughs> that doesn't need to be crossed. Yes. It's very yes. often crossed a lot, especially if you know the person that you're working for, uh, if you were maybe friends first or you became friends maybe after and may, especially if it's like a small place. Right. And this it tends to happen a little bit differently in corporate settings, I think. Um, whereas like sometimes when you're working like a mom and pipe, mom and pop kind of thing is when sometimes the personal lives cross over <laughs> with the, with the work. That, that has been my uh, experience with this as well. Yeah. The, the more corporate the job, um, the more impersonal, which isn't always a bad thing, you know, when we're mm -hmm. talking about your paycheck. So, mm -hmm. well, and there's a reason why they're a large corporation, you know, they've obviously handled all these things very well. Um, not to say that, you know, a mom and pop place you're working for couldn't grow to that point, but there's a level there's, you know, the emotional intelligence comes into play in, in business as well. You know, <laughs> and if you yes. can't establish those appropriate boundaries as a business owner or a boss or whatever owner operator then, you know, you're only going to grow so far because you're just inviting ugh, all those ickies in, right? <laughs> I, I know that my least favorite expression from here on out has been, we're like a family. Like, have you met my oh. family? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. maybe mind your words. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're you like a family. You see that a it's lot like... in the South. I don't know because I've never really lived up North if that's a thing they say up there, but I feel like it's such an endearing thing that people think is an endearing thing down here in the South because Southerners are just so friendly and outgoing and everyone's like family. And, uh, but I do, I do agree with you. There's uh, no, I mean, yeah, I won't say anything else on that. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and my, the owners of this particular shop were actually not Southerners. Um, at all they were european hmm. um but <laughs> and and so that begs the question too how often is that term used in a manipulative manipulatory way because if you're like family then we can treat you however we want to exactly i think it's also mm -hmm. like trying to get a foot in the door to accepting things that are not acceptable so mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it, it really is to me it's a tactic for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So another way, just before we move off this topic, you know, like if you do work in a, in a workspace with other people is, you know, like say you have things in the fridge and they're labeled, you know, respecting people's boundaries about what they're bringing, you know, not partaking in someone else's food or beverages or asking people not to wear offensive scents. I, yeah, I've had that in, in a former workplace, the not wearing sense, which doesn't bother me at all. Um, but I've never had the problem with anybody stealing my lunch. I don't know. 
Maybe I just look like I'd be angry if I was hungry, which is true. (laughs) (laughs) I've only had it happen a couple times. I haven't honestly had that many jobs where there was a workplace fridge that more than one or two people had access to, but I have had it happen. And, uh, and it is, it's one of those things where it's like, come on, man. Like, really? Like who the, (laughs) who the hell drank my energy drink? Like you could have just gone and gotten your own, you know, or, or you had a bag of chips or some, you know, and it's like, come on, really? Like that one's kind of a not so serious one, but it's really annoying. And in the sense thing, you know, again, I haven't had to deal with this, but I've had friends tell me where they work in a, a situation where there's maybe cubicles and there's not heavy physical, like actual wall boundaries between them where people are wearing offensive colognes or perfumes or, or they're using like oil diffusers. Or even wax melts that, you know, depending on who you are, everyone's sense of smell is different. What maybe doesn't smell bad to you might to someone else, or maybe doesn't smell strong to you might to someone else or, or, uh, (laughs) or cooking or heating something up that is offensive, like kimchi, um, tuna, tuna, tuna. tuna. I have had somebody do that. I have, what were you thinking? Yeah, (laughs) it was. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Yeah. Or, oh gosh, or in the situations where someone has body odor. Oh, oh, oh man. I would hate to have to deal with that. So moving on from, you know, more tangible workplace boundaries into spiritual boundaries. Uh, I think that this is probably one of the most violated. And it's honestly just the reason we have to assert ourselves in this way is because of very often blatant disregard for other people's beliefs and sometimes the subsequent apparent need to convert one to your beliefs <laughs> and that being an absolute human rights violation. And there are a few religions in particular that seem to stand out in that arena. Um, but asserting yourself and setting healthy boundaries on a spiritual level is having your beliefs respected despite what anyone thinks or has to say about it. Yes, absolutely. Um, Now for this spiritual take on boundaries, you know, in this part of the episode, I wanted to focus more on maintaining our own energy and and setting boundaries and what that means um, for, for spirituality, or for me, usually in my practice. Now, energetic boundaries can be any number of things. And we have discussed these more thoroughly in other episodes. Um, But for one, one thing that sticks out, you know, in my mind, whenever I hear boundaries and, you know, in the spiritual realm is, is casting a circle. Now, casting a circle is something that you do before um, you do any of your workings. If that is something that you do, you know, this, there's nothing set in stone that says that you have to, but what it does is it offers a layer of protection. Now, This is not the only way to set boundaries in your practice. What a boundary does is offer you a level of protection from outside energies. Now, what those outside energies are, there are multiple. Uh, This could come from, this could come from somebody else. You know, you could be absorbing a person's energy. This could be a spiritual energy. It could just be a cosmic collective of energy. You know, insert Mercury retrograde here. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so so when it comes to these sort of uh, spiritual um, 
when it comes to spiritual boundaries, what this is, is setting a, while it's not physical, it might as well be. You know, we've discussed in previous episodes, like I'm a complete bubble boy. For me, my energetic field is directly around me. So I'm not a big circle caster in that right. Uh, But there's also other ways, you know, when it comes to setting boundaries, it's not just creating a physical boundary. It's, it's also like, like was briefly mentioned earlier, um, the ability to observe an emotion without absorbing it. Now I know empath is a, a big hot topic, um, sort of key phrase right now. To me, it's, it's a, a bit overdone. It's not something I identify with, um, because I think everybody has uh, a level of empathy, uh, unless they're a sociopath. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't, you know, it's not a key phrase I identify with, but you are picking up the energies of other people. You need to set an energetic boundary. Um, it, if the, um, if the energy exchange is mutual and it's positive, it's great to keep that going. But, you know, there are times when you're going to be around people and that's not even to say that they're bad, but maybe they're in a low mood. You have to find a way within yourself to not pick up that and not take it with you. And you can do this, you know, and it, it, it's actually I mean, describing it, it's a little weird to me because it is very simple. It is as simple as, you know, telling yourself that you do not accept this energy and sending it back. A lot of the times things get really complicated when, when they're not, you can just simply, I'm not accepting this. This is not mine. Have it back. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's a, that's a simple phrase that I actually find myself using a lot. And, uh, you know, words are spells, you know, that's why they call it spelling is our intention is everything. And, um, there have been a lot of times where, I've said, I do not accept this gift. You know, I return to sender. Yeah, Um, exactly. It's a, yeah, it's a great tool. Yeah. Return to sender. That that's, I I love that you use that because that's actually a a common spell in, in the witchy community um, is a return to sender spell. And there's multiple ways that you can accomplish this in your practice. Um, But it is, you know, it can be done with a mirror, simply using a mirror and sort of angling it and, to where it'll bounce the energy back to whomever is giving it. Um, this sort of comes about uh, when people who are either jealous of you or have, you know, an ill intent and they, they're feeding it in your direction. You can pick that up. I can pick it up. You know? yep. <laughs> like, what, what's going on in the ether over there? Cause this isn't cool. So. Yeah. It, and it happens a lot more frequently, I think, than sometimes we want to admit. Um, And that's, again, why boundaries are so important, because the more you establish boundaries, the less and less that's going to happen. Now, at times you will you will already have established sort of this energy feed uh, between a person and yourself. And what this is frequently called is energetic cords. Now, if you have already opened that pathway and you need to sever it, there is also a way to cut cords. And what me and Jamie, um, sort of as we were formulating this podcast and, you know, what we wanted to see, like we would find things that were uh, really prevalent in, in her spiritual 
pursuits. And then there would be, you know, this same sort of idea over here in this witchy community. So, but cutting cords is a good way to rid yourself of a connection and create a boundary between you and a person where the, the give and take is already there. Those portals are already open. You need to close those. That is a boundary. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it is very important to mention that oftentimes boundaries can be asserted, even not necessarily with the other person knowing really what you're doing. Yes. Yes. Now this does not necessarily fall under avoidance. You know, it, it, this comes in after you've already um, stated your piece, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but some, sometimes people don't take a hint. So (laughs) it's gotta be real clear. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's like someone that you're having to deal with, you know, all the time and maybe you, you can't like them physically being not in your presence on a regular basis is not just not going to happen. So there are sometimes things you just have to take into your own hands. And I think that's the beauty of, of being spiritual and being a witchy person is knowing how to manipulate that energy in a responsible way (laughs) that handles the problem. (laughs) Well, I think that a lot of the times it's not understood that, um, being spiritual or witchy and working with energy, this isn't like act, you know, accessible to a select few. This is, everybody has the capability to do this. (laughs) You know, this, I, I am not mightier than thou by any means. It is just paying attention and learning how to work that energy, move it, clear it, reset it, give it back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's any, anybody that's a human can do this. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why we we don't really, you know, buy into the, the, the buzzword thing lately of, of empathy, this empath, not empathy, but empath, because it's true. Everyone hopefully and should possess a a certain level of empathy, some more than others. Um, You know, and if you've done any kind of spiritual work, that's obviously going to be increased that sensitivity, but. um, It does. It does. Because you're, you're getting yourself into the mind frame. You're opening yourself up, you know, everything you're opening yourself up to sort of channel things and, you know, you become more sensitive to it. That's just, that's just how it works. Now, while I touched on a few of the methods that I use um, for setting boundaries in my spiritual practice, we will be posting some how-to guides that I've already previously filmed up to our stories. So you could catch these methods later, you know, sort of at will if you would like to, Uh, but also feel free to email us or DM us or otherwise contact us. And we'll be happy to help you. If anything here caught your interest and you want to know more, please just let us know. And we would love to support you in that way, because we do understand that this certain, and not just this one, but certain episodes are a little bit heavy and you may have questions, you may have concerns, and maybe you don't have anyone else to ask. So um, again, we are not on a pedestal. (laughs) We are human, just like you, um, just perhaps have some different experiences that we've been through. So yeah, feel free to reach out. Um, Instagram is the best way to reach us at Cosmic Cauldron Podcast. Um, And be sure to follow us there if you're not already. And um, just say hi, because we don't know who listens to this other than when they comment on our post or send us a DM. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, yes. And we love hearing from you. So until next time, blessed be. Peace out.